Do you know what is the greatest story ever told? Well, you should. That's the story of Jesus, his birth, his death, his resurrection, and his mom and the apostles. But do you know what the second greatest story ever told was? Well, let's travel together to find out. It's a heck of a story. Welcome to the Theory to Action podcast, where we examine the timeless treasures of wisdom from the great books in less time to help you take action immediately and ultimately to create and lead a flourishing life. Now, here's your host, David Kaiser. Hello, I am David, and welcome back to the Theory to Action podcast and to this Catholic Corner, where we try to put faith, or pull faith rather, out of the corner and make it central to our lives. And this week we have a daunting task. And that daunting task is to tell you about the second greatest story ever told and to try and help explain everything we're going to do has to take two parts. So today will be part one and tomorrow will be part two. Now, most of my friends in the Catholic Church will have heard this story before, most especially because they have heard the background of how the first Sunday after Easter was declared Divine Mercy Sunday by St. John Paul II back in the year 2000. But before I tell you about the second greatest story ever told, you're probably wondering, so what's the first greatest story ever told? Like I said in the opening teaser, That should be an easy one for you. Of course, you know that answer. But let's go to our first pull quote to get to the heart of the second greatest story ever told. The second greatest story implies that there is a first greatest story. What's the first greatest story? Of course, it's that of Jesus, Mary, Joseph, and the apostles, the story of biblical salvation history, the story that begins with Genesis and ends with the revelation of John. But because this book isn't called the first greatest story ever told, I'm not going to spend too much time on that story here. Yet I should say something about it. That's because it's a central part of the first greatest story. It's essential for understanding the second greatest story. And what is essential is called God's school of trust. God's school of trust At the beginning of the book of Genesis, we read about God's glorious act of creation and man's inglorious sin. Of course, the story is familiar to us all. The serpent tempts and Adam and Eve give in. And then what happens? Well, let's read from the biblical account itself. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. Genesis 3.8 Now notice a few things here. When Adam and Eve hear God walking in the garden, rather than run to him, they run away. Rather than acknowledge their sin, confess it, and jump into the embrace of God's merciful love, they hide. 
rather than trust in our infinitely good and merciful God, they are afraid of him. The Catechism of the Catholic Church explains what's going on here. Man, tempted by the devil, let his trust in his creator die in his heart, and abusing his freedom, disobeyed God's command. This is what man's first sin consisted of. All subsequent sin would be disobedience toward God and a lack of trust in his goodness. The key word here is trust. And that quote comes to us from the book, The Second Greatest Story Ever Told by Father Michael Gately. Now is the time of mercy is the subtitle. Now, this story is so powerful that I do think Father Gately is right when he says, in fact, it is the second greatest story ever told. And now let me reset your expectations right now, because I will only be scratching this, the surface of this story. And I would urge you to get this book to fully connect all the dots in the story, because it is, in fact, that powerful. So powerful that this quote that grabbed my attention when I first heard about it captured my heart and I just fell in love with this book and this story. So let's go to that pull quote. The main protagonist, the central figure of this amazing story is St. John Paul II. Now you may be saying, but I already know his story. I've read this book or that book about him. If you've already know his story, that's great, but I bet you still haven't heard what's most important about him. This is what grabbed me. Or if you have heard it, you probably have only gotten bits and pieces and not the full glorious picture. That's because for whatever reason, this most important thing is hardly mentioned by most of John Paul II's biographers. Or even if it does get mentioned, it's often lost in a thousand other details Yet this overlooked part of the story is precisely what makes it the second greatest story. Now, I love John Paul II. He literally changed my life. His example in his life helped me to become a believer and helped me to become a Roman Catholic. So I should dedicate this episode to him. In fact, I should dedicate this episode to him and my brother. My brother was instrumental in helping me get signed up for our CIA classes, right of Christiation of adults, uh, which is the formal way to come into the church as an adult. And I did that right when I graduated from college. So when I was coming into the church, my brother did a lot of the heavy lifting to make sure I was uh, going about it the right way. So shout out to my brother, Larry, for doing that, which I am very, very thankful he did. Now back to St. John Paul II. St. John Paul II's main biographer, George Weigel, very respected Catholic author, actually endorses this book, The Second Greatest Story Ever Told. And here's what he said. What do divine mercy and the new evangelization have to do with each other? Everything. They have everything to do with each other if we understand that now is the time of mercy. This book teaches that mercy is the gateway to truth 
in a wounded and suffering world. Boy, if that is not true, we are truly in a wounded and suffering world. And again, that is George Weigel on the book, The Second Greatest Story Ever Told, which we're covering today. So what are these details to at least give you an idea, a sketch, an outline of the fuller picture where this story is going to actually be taking us? Well, it all began some 300 years ago in the 1700s with a persecuted Roman Catholic Church. It also includes some of the most famous saints and world events in those last 300 years. It includes world wars, World War I, World War II. It includes the apparition of Our Lady of Fatima at Portugal. Our Lady of Fatima, we will talk about later, its and its importance regarding World War I in the year 1981. That's an incredible connection. It also includes St. Faustina Kowalska of Poland, who would help the world know of God's holy will by coming to her in visions, which she recorded in her diary. She actually warned the world of an upcoming second world war and died at the age of 33, less than one year before the world erupted on September in September of 1939, when Germany invaded which country Poland and that country would play a special significance later in our story. It also covered the incredible story of St. Maximilian Kolbe. Polish priest who figures into this story and so, so many others that we're not actually going to be able to cover. And most importantly, right now to boil all this down for you in one sentence is now is a time of great grace and great mercy. It is a time of great grace and great mercy for the whole church in the entire world. And in fact, this story can become your story because you are living in this time of great grace and mercy. But back to this school of trust in the biblical book of Genesis, to put this all in perspective, we're going to go put it all into perspective. Rather, we're going to go all the way back to the beginning, back to Genesis, the first book of the Bible and how man became afraid of the Lord God walking in the garden of Eden. So Adam and Eve hid from the Lord God. They did that out of shame. They knew in their conscience they had sinned. They had dissipated the Lord. Now to fast forward, we have the old covenant of God reaching out in love with his Jewish people to restore that old covenant. God's love and mercy continues to reach out with the greatest story ever told with his son, Jesus Christ, coming in the flesh. And in fact, God's final lesson we learned from just last week, from Easter Sunday, was all about this school of trust. This school of trust when God the Father offers his only son, offers him to suffer and die on a cross. As Jesus himself taught us, greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. John fifteen thirteen through fifteen fourteen. So that's indeed the greatest story ever told. Now I know we're talking about the second greatest story ever told, 
right? Well, that story picks up in the 1700s and 1800s with God's choice, like I said, of Poland. Why Poland? Well, that would take a long time to explain. But no, it was God's choice. So be sure to check out the book to get that backstory. But the story of Poland will conclude with the first ever Polish Pope being selected, St. John Paul II, and how he helped to collapse the communist nations behind the Iron Curtain in 1989 and 1991, respectively. God used Poland, and especially John Paul II, to save the world from communism. But in connecting these dots, we see God's handiwork when out of nowhere, what enters into the picture is a nun. Sister Faustina Maria Kowalska. And where was she from? Where was this nun from? Ironically, she's from Poland. Now, Sister Faustina started having visions of our Lord. And when Christ was speaking to her, and you can read about these visits from our Lord in her diary, the diary of St. Maria Faustina Kowalska, Divine Mercy in My Soul. That's the name of her book. And just to read her life to get into the convent and make her profession of vows as a religious sister, that little segment would make for such a great story in book. But then again, then it couldn't be part of our second greatest story ever told. And then the author would not be God because God's writing the second greatest story ever told. But a quick recap is she enters the convent in 1926 at the age of 20. By 1928, she makes her religious vows after a lot of stuff. But then let's grab this quick quote from our book, The Second Greatest Story Ever Told, to start and put some details into this story. In the old convent, I sent prophets wielding thunderbolts to my people. Today I'm sending you with my mercy to the people of the whole world. I do not want to punish aching mankind, but I desire to heal it, pressing it to my merciful heart. Before the day of justice, I am sending the day of mercy. So you can see the connection from the Old Testament to the New Testament in Jesus revealing this slow progression how he used to send in the old covenant, he sent prophets wielding thunderbolts. Now he understands that mankind is aching, but he doesn't want to punish it just yet. He desires to heal it, pressing it to my merciful heart before the day of justice. I am sending the day of mercy. How powerful. Let's keep going. The Lord spoke similar words to St. Faustina on several other occasions. Also in a related passage from her diary, we read of the Lord telling Faustina that her native land of Poland will have a special role in fulfilling this awesome mission. I bear a special love for Poland, and if she will be obedient to my will, I will exalt her in might and holiness. From her will come forth the spark that will prepare the world for my final coming. Now, in 1931 was the first time at night Jesus appeared to Sister Faustina wearing a white garment with red and pale rays emanating from his heart. 
he asked her to paint an image of him in the pattern that she saw with Jesus's signature at the bottom saying, Jesus, I trust in you in Polish. He said, I des-, he said, I desire that this image be venerated first in your chapel and throughout the whole world. And I promise that the soul that will venerate this image will not perish. Now, Sister Faustina didn't know how to paint at all. So she went to her rel- religious sisters in the convent and everyone brushed her off. Now, later on, she meets this Father Sopko, Sopko. And after hearing in confession over many months, this religious sister, Sister Faustina, talking about these apparitions of Jesus and how he keeps coming to her, he asked for a complete psychiatric evaluation of Sister Faustina. Now, she passes all those tests with flying colors and is declared sound of mind, which begins to help and educate Father Sapko to believe and to have confidence in what Sister Faustina is telling him. By 1935, finally, Sister Faustina, with the help of Father Sapko, they have the Divine Mercy image painted correctly. Now, it took 12 tries before Sister Faustina finally said, to the painter, that's the correct image that I saw on the first night. Now, later in 1936, Sister Faustina will become ill with what is now being speculated at as tuberculosis. She's moved from one area of Poland to Krakow, Poland, a city southwest uh, uh, part of Poland. Now, unbeknownst to each of them, Sister Faustina and this other gentleman, in mid-1938, a freshly graduated high school boy would be walking past her hospital on his way to where he had just enrolled in the Jagiellonian University. His name was Carol Watiwa. Later, he would take the pontifical name of John Paul II. Now, on October 5th, 1938, Sister Faustina died at the very young age of 33 years old. She now rests in the Basilica of Divine Mercy in Krakow. And for now, that's where we will leave this story. But in today's Catholic Corner, know that God's designs are not our designs. And in today's nugget of divine wisdom is that his designs are better and they make for a far better story than even we, we as human authors could write. In fact, we couldn't write the first greatest story ever told, but you can come back tomorrow for the conclusion of the second greatest story ever told. And maybe you will think that God was the author of that story too. I know I believe that he was the author. But before we go, let's end with what Jesus told Sister Faustina and which she recounted in her diary on page 1578. Quote, the graces of my mercy are drawn by means of one vessel only, and that is trust. The more a soul trusts, the more it will receive. Jesus, I trust in you. 
See you tomorrow. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this Theory to Action podcast. Be sure to check out our show page at teammojoacademy.com, where we have everything we discussed in this podcast, as well as other great resources. Until next time, keep getting your mojo on. Are you a voracious reader who yearns for a deeper understanding of your favorite books? Or perhaps you're a busy professional seeking to enrich your knowledge, but short on time. The Mojo Academy 2.0 is your perfect solution. Our revamped service now includes beautifully designed monthly written reviews and PDF format to accompany our popular audio reviews. These aren't just summaries. These are comprehensive and insightful explorations of each book, packed with the actual quotes from the book to enhance your understanding. With usually 69 pages per review, they are perfect reference tools to take your learning to the next level. Get your free Mojo Academy review in written format at teammojoacademy.com or click on today's show notes for that free link. Again, teammojoacademy.com or click on today's show notes, and you will see the link for the free written review. Get yours today.